welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. My name is Chris Shad. I am a writer for the Viking Age as well as zone coverage. Bring me the news and the Brookings Register. My co-host is Adam Patrick. He is the managing editor of the Viking Age. We do this every Monday and Thursday night right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. But however you watch us, uh, whether you listen to us online, Spotify, podcast, whatever, Another botched intro by me because I'm trying to look at the camera, but uh, we're on Apple and Spotify the very next day. However, you listen to us, rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And on today's episode, we are going to go over the Minnesota Vikings preseason game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans won 24 to 16. The Vikings have now lost nine straight preseason games. And really, nobody cares because it's a glorified scrimmage at this point. Uh, Kevin O'Connell straight up said he's not playing anybody next Saturday against the Cardinals. Wes Phillips called plays in the second half. Mike Vrabel took the first preseason game off because this is football's version of whose line is it anyway, where the games are made up and the points do not matter. Um, so are you ready to look at some storylines about this completely meaningless game, Adam? Uh, yeah, I'm. it beats, you know, reading about a hurricane that never happened yesterday. Um, so, is this like uh, the snowstorm in uh, Minnesota when they're like, "It's gonna, we're gonna get twenty five inches of snow. It's gonna two. be like the Halloween blizzard." If you want to like scare the shit out of people in Minnesota, all you have to do is bench in the Halloween blizzard and be like, "Oh my god, it's gonna, it's gonna." If you got if you gotta like get crazy. rid of, if you need, if you have extra paper products that you need to get rid of, just 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 mention that snowstorm, and then people will. Clear the shelves. Yeah. Uh, it rained. I'm in San Diego, so I was in the, the middle of Hurricane Hillary. Uh, but it was just uh, it, either it passed by us or it was nothing because it was just a bunch of rain and some maybe like 30 mile an hour winds. And we were okay. I think a couple of uh, a leaves, a couple of leaves fell down. So uh, that, that was the extent of the damage. Um, but this preseason game, there's some like... I was looking at it and I was trying to watch it where like I wasn't necessarily looking, trying to, you know, look at the overall picture, just more go like play to play. Like, did the Vikings win this play? Did they lose this play? And like going through it kind of like that way, they won a lot. They won a lot of the plays like they, they came out on the positive side on a lot of their plays. I feel like that's got to be kind of a way that Kevin O'Connell and his staff is, is looking at these preseason games because he obviously doesn't care if they win, which is fine because it's a preseason game. doesn't matter. And the I think I feel like the point of it is just to get some of his young guys, some of some of his, you know, lesser experiences, guys, reps, in-game reps, because, you know, in practice, you know, it's usually the first teamers and the second teamers that are getting most, uh, most of the reps. So he's using these games as opportunities to, to give these guys, you know, in-game reps and see if see, see what happens, because sometimes we know, like once the lights comes on, come on, guys can either, you know, improve their play and step up to the plate and be better. And then some guys kind of cower you know, when the lights turn on and, and aren't the same guys that they were on the practice field. So the approach that Kevin O'Connell has used to these preseason games is, is definitely much different than it was with Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, who went, I want to say, 20 and 8 in his preseason career with the Vikings. I know he won like, I think he won like 12 of his and first one, 13 games. And one uh, sacrifice knee from Irv Smith. Right, Smith's right. But go and on. Starter, starters played and, and some of them got hurt. Um, You know, was Teddy playing in the preseason? Uh, did that contribute to his severe injury? Uh, we will never know. Uh, I'm not going to put that blame entirely on Mike Zimmer, so let's not do that. 
never mind. Um, but the approach is just, it's way different. I think it's more the approach that, that a lot of teams are doing now, where unless you're an old school coach like Andy Reid or Sean Payton, who are like, oh, we're going to play our starters. And then they lose guys to injuries and they're like, well, well I don't know. Um, so I think uh, Kevin O'Connell would rather have, you know, the majority of his starters healthy for week one of the regular season than to win a meaningless which is why guys like Lewis seen playing into the third quarter is a bit of a concern for me. And mm. I think that's a great place to start because if we look at Lewis scenes game, we go, wow, what a great game. Uh, he was a team captain. First of all, against the Titans. That's pretty good. Uh, the locker room apparently went crazy when that happened. So good for him. Seven tackles and a sack. He had a nice stop early on third down. Mm -hmm. Had a big stop on a Malik Willis scramble in the third quarter. And after the game, Kevin O'Connell said that scene was, quote unquote, in a great spot. Uh, scene did leave practice today after tweaking his groin, which... Um, that word. Yes, that word. well, that, that was the word of Alec Lewis, who was not here when that happened. Like any other franchise, you can be like, oh, yeah, he just tweaked it. He, he'll be all right. But like <laughs> he, what? in Minnesota, because of that one time Mike Zimmer used it, everybody's, you know, antennas go up because Dean or Daniel Hunter wound up being out for the rest of the season. I, be I believe Judd Zolgad also tweeted out that he it looked like he tweaked something to today so he he should know better there there's there's stuff. alarms there are alarm bells going off on vikings twitter especially when it comes to me because i want to ask you a simple question uh since lewis seen played in the third quarter how are we feeling about lewis seen and uh is he a major bust or what <laughs> let's go all the way here and just um, let's ask some questions no i'm gonna go back to what i was just talking about how about getting guys reps and i think uh him playing in the third quarter one I mean, I I think safety wise, I think they have five safeties on the roster, so they're not it's not very deep. It's not like corners where you can play uh, fourth or fifth string guys. They only have so many safeties, um, so they wanted to you know they had to, they might have had to put him out there, um, and then just to get him reps because he missed basically all of last season with that leg injury, and then he was rehabbing it on in the off season, kind of being eased into their all their OTAs and everything. Um, and this is just another opportunity for him to get reps in another another new defense. He learned a defense last year, and now he has to learn a completely new defense this year. So this just it's just you know an opportunity to do that. I I don't believe he was a four year starter at Georgia. I meant to check it before uh, we came on, but I don't believe he was. So that just tells me that like it might take him a little longer than some to come along. And you know I want to look back at some other rookies like Brian O'Neill. Was he was he good as a rookie? Not really. Uh, were we happy with Dalvin Cook after his first two years when he tore his ACL and then he was injured for a second year? Like, I think a lot of people were kind of iffy on him after two years. Um, you know, Xavier Rhodes, was he good in his first year? No way. Um, a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of players take a few years to like get up to, to speed in the NFL and kind of figure out their groove and everything. Not everyone is Justin Jefferson or Randy Moss. And, and sometimes I feel like we're a little spoiled with those two and we expect, uh, almost everyone to be like, right away right away right away when for the most part those guys are the minor minority and and guys like lewis seen are you know this is it's typical for players you know of his age um and his experience level to kind of come along like this um is it a little disappointing because he was a first round pick sure you want him to come along faster but am i done with him am i throwing him on the side no not even close because there could be a point in the season where cam bynum or harrison smith goes down and they got to put lewis seen in 
and um, I would hope by the middle of the season that he would have a pretty good grasp on the defense. So you know, we won't really know until then. But um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving up on this kid yet. It's it's midway through. Not even his second season. He hasn't hasn't even started yet. So uh, let's let's give the kid at least probably another year before we cast him aside. <laughs> well, I, I will preface this by saying that this is a multi layered take that I have because. I don't think Lewis Seen is a bust. Not yet. He could be a serviceable safety in the NFL, but I don't think his ceiling is that higher than that. And if that's the case, we have to question what the Vikings were doing by making this pick. Let's go back. Let's go back 15, 16 months. Let's go back to the 2022 NFL draft. The Vikings had the 12th overall pick in that draft. No quarterbacks available. That that happens sometimes, right? Or at least no good quarterbacks. There's Malik Willis and there's Kenny Pickett uh, as the top two names available. And I don't know, Desmond Ritter is not looking too good. The only guy worth a shit right now is Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell. Like that's basically the two. And, that, that and, that, and I don't even know about Howell because he played one what a week eighteen game. Yeah, he's basically he's basically like starter by default in Washington. Like that's that's the thing. Uh, I was gonna call him Marcus Mariota, but that's all right. Desmond Ritter is a starter by default in Atlanta and Sam Howell is a starter by default he beat, in he beat Jacoby Washington. Brissett. Yeah. Jacoby <laughs> Brissett. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. As in the, in Washington, that's who was competing. That dude made so job. much money when Andrew Luck just abruptly oh, retired yeah. <laughs> yeah. and like, he was like, okay. And everybody's like, Oh my God. Like he, this guy's a quality backup. Like it, it's, it's the, funny how that works. He was with the Patriots too. That's where he started. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he made like he started when Tom Brady got deflated by the footballs because mm-hmm. the Colts got their ass kicked for like 300 yards on the ground. But they're like the footballs. Well, yeah, and I think Garoppolo played and he got hurt. And then Brissett yeah. stepped in for like a game or two. Yeah, because he's been with yeah. the Patriots, Colts, Dolphins, Browns, and now the and, and that whole thing made him a good for him dream. Uh, the Vikings had the 12th overall pick in that draft, though, and they wound up training with the Lions as part of the deal to get seen. So they got the 32nd overall pick, the 34th overall pick, and the 66th overall pick. Uh, They used number 32 to take seen. And we'll get back to that a second later. Pick number 34 in that trade was traded down again to let the Packers take Christian Watson. He got picks number 53 and 59. Number 53 was used in a trade up to get Andrew Booth Jr., who also played into the second half on Saturday. That's going well. And then number 59 was used to get Ed Ingram, who currently is looking over his shoulder because Dalton Reisner is hiding in the bushes at TCO Performance Center right now. Then they got Brian Asamoa, who is MIA right now. He returned, I've, I guess, today. To, yeah. He did to, the walk-in or whatever. So, so we've seen him for the first time in, what, three weeks? Yeah. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr. is getting the green dot. He's doing all those things. And part of that might be the reason that you mentioned earlier that – you know, if Brian Asamoa goes down, Ivan Pace Jr. has to step into that role as the yep. guy who's got the headset. So they have to prepare for that sort of thing. In essence, the Vikings got Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth Jr., Ed Ingram, and Brian Asamoa for Jameson Williams, who is having his own little bit of a development curve with the Lions. You could maybe say that they also gave up Christian Watson after like looking at all those trades. Yep. But I, I mean... It was basically Jamison Williams that spawned this whole deal. So if you look at that, that's pretty good because the Vikings got a lot of sweet spots in the draft, which they believe was the top 50. And this also helped the Vikings get a player that believed 
was comparable to Kyle Hamilton. And there was a tweet. I don't know who did it. So if you're watching and like, you're like, that's my tweet. Well, congratulations. Cause I, I thought it was Nick Edland. Um, who's also a Viking age contributor, but yeah. um, I could not find it. But the tweet said, I can't tell whether Lewis seen is a first round pick or UDFA. And I think that's the problem. Arif or, or, it, it, was that Arif Hassan? I, I, it might've been him or, or, or even Luke, Luke Brown. Cause I'm yeah. not, I think I saw that too. But I, I mean, that's the problem here because there are times where Lewis seen puts himself in a position to make an awesome play. Like, like we saw it a couple of times. And then there are times where he gets there and he does not make the play. The missed tackle against Ty J Spears on the 33 yard run. He basically lowered his head. Ty J Spears jumped over him and he went to the house. Like, like that's, that's an awful play for his safety. There were other plays against Seattle where he was in the same position where he was there to make a play and he just didn't. And Dane Brugler in his draft guide, the beast in 2022 said this phrase that stands out to me when I think of Lewis scenes natural football instincts. Kyle Hamilton has them and he was taking two picks after Lewis seen. Like if you're going to take a safety, you might as well make damn sure he's going to be a future pro bowler because that's not a great pick in the whole terms of value, right? Everybody talks about value, especially it's not just for running backs. It's not just Isaiah Pacheco who, you know, he he knows he's not going to get paid as a running back. So now he's doing MMA fights. I <laughs> saw this weekend, you know, Isaiah, but oh, Isaiah, Pacheco, look at that him. wasn't the same guy, right? I uh, it had to have been. No. Uh, who else would have the name Pacheco? It's not. It's not. There is only one Pacheco. Only and if one there person. is, they should fight like Highlanders until they figure out which one is the ultimate Pacheco. Just him and his but, dad, the only only Pachecos. Okay, there is there's probably a father figure there somewhere. But I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like yeah. Kyle Hamilton has these football instincts. The problem is Lewis Scenes does not. Cameron Bynum has them. He's nowhere near the athlete that Lewis Seen is. Same with Josh Mantellis. Neither of those guys are the freak athlete that Seen is, but like Seen just can't do it. So is this a thing of just getting reps in the preseason? I mean, the Vikings are doing the right thing by just getting him out on the field. But to me, this whole trade down, get value, take multiple cracks at the pinata like a coked up six-year-old like actually that's probably a bad reference like six-year-old on mountain dew but you know what i mean he was drinking coke like coca-cola yes coca-cola i'm not advocating drug use for (laughs) six-year-olds um it, it wasn't worth passing kyle hamilton who's going to get a starting role with the ravens or jordan davis which Big, huge shit wrecker in the middle, and the Vikings haven't had since Linville Joseph was in the lineup. Like, it, it annoys me. It, it annoys me because, you know, Scene's not going to be a Pro Bowl player. Sorry. Like, he's just not. And, and if that's the case, you could go get that guy in the fourth or fifth round. Values yeah. not just for running backs. So there you go. Yeah. There's my take. <laughs> I Yeah, I would, I would put safety in, in that category of like, you can wait until the later rounds to get. A starting caliber one like like with a running back like with a tight end uh like a linebacker you can wait with those things so the the pick was always a bit of a surprise when they went safety last year but i think i think in their mind they before last season i feel like they were getting ready to you know build or at least get ready for to move on from harrison smith and i think you know getting seen in there and they're maybe hoping that he could just maybe sit for a year and learn behind harrison smith and then maybe come in this year or I guess next year now, um, and and replace him. Um, so that's I, I think part of the thing about that. And as much and as good as Kyle Hamilton was last year, 
We've seen a lot of players in the past be really good in their first year and then just be okay after that. So, like, you think of, like, maybe Sheldon Richardson, who was, like, what, defensive rookie of the year, his first year with mm-hmm. the Jets, just just wrecked everything. And then after that, he made a lot of money, but, like, was he was he an all-pro? No. Um, I'm trying to think some other guys because I had him in my head. Now, of course, I can't remember. Um, maybe Jamal Adams that comes to mind, too, another Jet, I guess, who was, like, awesome. In his first year, and then he's with the Seahawks now, and he's 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 okay. He's but he's, but I don't I don't think Lewis Seen is ever going to be a starting safety. Oh yeah, that's like fine. That, that's just... and that that makes this even worse. Right. Like that that's the problem here. Right. So I mean, if if you wanted to find that as a major bust, you could. But right. I mean, if you wanted to find, you know, I I don't think Seen's a completely worthless football player. I just right. think that there's a work in progress, and really for what the Vikings were, like sometimes it's just like. Instead of overthinking things, just take the player that's good at football. Like Kyle Hamilton was a top five safety when that started because he had that one play where he was with Notre Dame and he went from one side of the field to the other on the pass and made an interception against Florida State. Like, does it remind you at all of of Trey Wayne's? How like because it took a while for Trey Wayne. Trey Wayne, I think he was a wasn't a full time starter until year three. Yeah, that sounds Um, about right. And even during that year, he was okay. He was kind of just okay during his whole Vikings career, but he was a first round pick and he was like, what, pick 13? Like he was up there. And that's another player that was a great athlete. He was always in position to make plays. He just didn't make enough of them. And that's why the Vikings ultimately moved on. You talk about drafting safeties later on. I'm trying to look up the 49ers player. Who's the safety they got? Was it either this year? Jaquiski Tart or uh, Jimmy Ward? The dude from USC. Um, Taylor Mays? Oh, I'm going to mess this up right now. Um, Telenoa Hufanga. Um, okay. He's already he's been in the league for two years. He's already made an all-pro team, a Pro Bowl, and he's played in 32 games. And he was drafted in the fifth round. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it just it's one of those positions where I think I heard Judd Zolgad on, it might have been Purple Daily or whatever, one of their 30 other podcasts that they have now, um, that if you're going to draft a safety in the first round, it is, it's a position that you need to make sure that they're going to come in and make an impact immediately. That's not a position that you use a first round pick on. You're like, oh, okay, we're going to wait two years and see if this works out. No, first round picks are for mainly for quarterbacks are really the only ones now that where you can be like, okay, we're going to wait a year or two and, and at, at the most and try and develop this guy if it's a first round pick. Um, but otherwise, most first round picks, if, if you're not making an impact by like your second year in the league, it's 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 going to be tough for you to kind of have a long career in the NFL, I feel like. Well, somebody who so. has wound up having a longer career than maybe we should have is Oli Udo, who is the <laughs> other standout from Saturday's game for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, Vikings offensive lineman as a whole didn't do too great. They allowed a 36% pressure rate on Saturday. The ground game averaged 3.6 yards per carry. The Titans had the number one rushing defense last year. So, I mean, there's part of it. And plus, Tyre Tart uh, played because he threw a punch after Garrett Bradbury. And oddly enough, Bradbury went flying back 20 yards because of the punch. But, I mean, there's no there's no big proof that. Uh, no video. 
I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, so Tyre Tart looked like Aaron Donald for the first uh, two quarters of the game. But uh, Oliudo allowed two sacks on the evening, had two penalties. Both were declined on the same drive that led to a Greg Joseph field goal. And this is your backup to Brian O'Neill, who is coming off a partially torn Achilles, and Christian Derrissaw, who suffered multiple concussions last year. So with Oliudo doing Oliudo things, <laughs> how worried are you about the offensive line? Um, I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, you're, you're always worried about the offensive line. I, I can't remember the last time I wasn't. Maybe 2009? <laughs> like, Even like t- 2012 was the last time they had all five starters back. And like that group, you still didn't feel like Charlie Johnson. Uh, but they had Matt like, Khalil uh, that year too, and he was a rookie. Yeah. Um, he was, was awesome eight. his rookie year. I think he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he did. <laughs> then his then his knee gave out, and he was just like, he just stopped giving a fuck. But it's been a, is there a, is there like there's only like three teams in the league whose whose fan base like doesn't worry about their offensive line. It's like the Eagles, um, the, Niners? the Niners, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it used to be the Colts. I don't know, but if that's the case anymore. Um, but like pretty much every team in the league worries about their offensive line. So it's not like it's unique to the Vikings, but still like. <sighs> Yeah, you, you to know that you're one, you know, tweak away from Ali Udo going out there and just valeting a defensive end to to Kirk Cousins' ribs is a a little little frightening. Um, I really wasn't sure why they re-signed him in the first first place uh, this offseason because he was a free agent. Uh, I don't think anyone was ever impressed with Ali Udo. Maybe they liked his size, I guess, because um, he switched back to tackle last year and. Because remember, they switched him to guard because you yeah. could just do that right before the season. And then he was terrible. Uh, surprisingly. They, they tried uh, the Madden thing, basically. Yeah, it didn't work. Like, oh, yeah, he's a he's still a 74 at guard. Let's try it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he got cut. Um, I, they only signed him to a one year deal. He's a backup. If you're doing that against second and third stringers, like he was literally falling on his face um, in the game against Titans. And if you're like doing <laughs> you've been in the league for, what, five years, you should not be falling down trying to block guys in the nfl um so i wouldn't be surprised if he got cut um yeah i'd, I'd be worried if he was out there let's see let's see what his they cut him before they cut him oh they lose money if they cut him Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> maybe he will make the team then <sighs> uh, they, they lose um 1.4 million so not a lot they can they can afford it but it would just kind of be like, yeah. But but are there other 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 players really that you would trust? Because like I like has uh, who's the other guy? Vidarian Lowe? Has he really been that much better? Like I feel like the whole backup offensive line has just been terrible. Um, like if anybody so, goes in, I I feel like they're screwed. Yeah, yeah. Like like that's kind of it. And I mean, I know obviously by the time like Darren Hall got in there on Saturday, he had a fifty percent pressure rate on his dropbacks in the second half. Just kind of like okay, third string offensive line can't really do. I mean. There were other instances. Uh, I know the Vikings wanted to get Jalen Rager deep a couple of times and take some deep shots down the field, and they didn't develop because the offensive line, in part, uh, just wasn't able to hold off the Titans long enough to do that. And again, the Titans are a really good defensive front. So, I mean, maybe – and I mean, Seattle's always had a good defensive front too. So, I mean, they're going to do – I mean, that's the Titans' way. It's like Mike Vrabel sitting there with a butter knife, like threatening to harm himself, uh, you know, to win a Super Bowl. But uh, I don't know. He, he okay. A butter I, knife. I guess I I that could makes just it say, way worse. Yeah, I know. Well, he seems like that would be like tougher. Like 
not only am I going to chop my dick off to win a Super Bowl, I'm going to do it with a butter knife. Yeah. And live on the ball uh, again. On PMT. On I, I, PMT. Oh, pardon my or, take. Or, or live on Busting with the Boys. He also had that guy taking a dump during the draft. And then he's like, no, my kid wasn't taking a dump. Oh, yeah. Like, wait. Why would you think that? He was only sitting on the toilet texting. Um, He's a good coach, though. He is. He's like, he's Dan Campbell light. No, I think it reminds me of the Vikings, really. What's going on in Tennessee? Like, end of Mike Zimmer Zimmer era. Maybe not as contentious. I think he's more of a player's coach than Mike Zimmer was. I think so, too. Like, more, like you've seen we've seen clips of like mike Vrabel joking with his players before mike zimmer was like why are you laughing like this is yeah he's not acceptable Vrabel's hard on guys but he was a player not too long ago so he he knows like don't be like that big of a jackass if you want to like keep your locker room right so yeah yeah. so i i don't know i mean you think aliudo stay or get him out of here or uh what are they going to get? Like, I, have, I, I hate that argument. It's like, well, what are they going to get? I mean, you got to look, but I mean, the best options, right? To like get somebody who gets cut. And then yeah, it's I, like, well, other than Chris Reed, like they don't have a lot of vet- veterans in terms of depth for their <laughs> offensive line. It's like, I don't think, guys. I don't think Chris Reed's making the team. No, I has he, he hasn't played at all. No, he's been on the he's NFI done. list. Yeah. What happened? What did he do? Uh, um, it's, it's mysterious injury number 7,586 mm-hmm. during this training camp. Um, but yeah, like you think, I don't know, have like a, not that he's great, but like a Pat Elfline, you know, he's got experience or like Mike Rimmers. Like these are the guys you just, you'd rather have as depth than, than uh, that's the, yeah, that's, that's what I thought you were suggesting bringing them back. And I'm, I'm like, longing, no. I'm longing for Pat Elfline uh, to come back. Um, to be our backup. Well, <laughs> Matt Khalil's uh, available the, too if you want to go down that path. Even someone to the caliber of like a Rashad Hill, like he wasn't a starter, but you you could have him come in for a half or yeah, maybe a game if you needed to, and he would do okay. I don't know if you can do that with Aliudo or anyone else behind the starters off on the offensive line because they're they're not staying healthy all year. Let's let's I'll, yeah, let's let's be honest. Like it would be amazing if the whole offensive line was able to stay healthy for the entire year. It's a seventeen game season. Plus the playoffs that they make it like it's just probably not going to happen. So, yeah, it's pretty worrisome <laughs> when you think about it. Well, the other observations from Saturday's game and part of it might have been just from the offensive line. Um, these are mine. And then if you have anything else to add, we can go over that, too. Um, the running back position. I mean, I'm already nervous about Alexander Madison as is, but uh, the backup running backs. Part of it was the offensive line. Part of it was the Tennessee defense, but they didn't do much. And I don't think Ty Chandler wrapped up that job in the backfield behind Alexander Madison this week. 11 carries for 24 yards against Tennessee. Everybody was pretty excited after his game against Seattle, but he still only had 41 yards on 11 carries there. Uh, Kane Wangwu, I mean, sure. Where are you? A lot of people are saying, yeah, A, where are you? And the, B, the like, Tom, you Tom haven't DeLong. carried the ball since high school. <laughs> Like Tom DeLong, where are you? He is Kane <laughs> Wangwu is basically the Sean Mannion of running backs. Because when he was at yeah. Iowa State, he was behind David Montgomery and uh Brees Hall. Then he gets the NFL awesome kick returner, but sits behind Dalvin Cook, sits behind Alexander Madison, and he's he's like the bridesmaid of the NFL. I will I will say this the Titans uh run defense last year, that's in the NFL. Yeah, three point four um, yards per carry. The Seahawks run defense. Last year, 
uh, 30th in the NFL. So, so, that's so the why, answer is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's probably why there was a bit of a discrepancy in the last two weeks. But yeah, it, just like the offensive line, it's worrisome. Like, one, you're one injury away from either Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride, or... Dwayne McBride's not making this team. No, he's practice squad. Yeah, because um, not everybody think, but, can be Isaiah Pacheco. But, but, but I, don't think Kine, I don't think Kanae Wong was going to make it either. I, I don't. I don't. I think they're going to keep. I think they're going to keep Brandon Powell and Jalen Rager um, and make one of those two your your kick returner because um, they can at least provide you value as a receiver too. And we haven't seen anything from Kanae Wong to say that he can provide it. Or maybe they maybe they start Wong Wu on what the pup list. Does he have to be out six weeks? Yeah, um, for that. So they could do possible. that too. Um, but then that leaves you with what Madison Chandler, and then you maybe maybe you do keep McBride on the active roster. Um, McBride looked a little better on on Saturday. I felt like he looked he looked definitely way better than the first game. He scored a touchdown. Um, I think he caught a, a nice little little pass too. Um, but yeah, and and Dykes he looked yeah. good, but uh, he's going to be cut. So <laughs> cool story, uh, but uh, just he's just like the Vikings. Signed what Jordan Tiamu, Tamu. um yeah. today officially, and people are like, "Oh, what does this mean about Jaron Hall?" And I'm like, it "Means he's going to play a lot on Saturday, and they need a backup." Jaron Hall they, might get cut too because they don't want Nick Mullins to get hurt, and then Jaron Hall's a backup. I yeah, I, I you didn't you didn't another, think, you didn't another, think Jaron Hall looked. No, I didn't because no. he, not he looked good, I mean, like he was than... yeah. Well, it was a low bar from Seattle because he didn't yeah. look very good against Seattle either. He's got a noodle of an arm. He's 25 years old, which I, I mean, I if you're going to take a guy in the fifth round at 25 years old, it's kind of like you're basically just waving the white flag. I mean, maybe he could be a backup like that's that's what we're hoping for. Who, you, who would you go with as a starter? Like if you had to pick one next year, would you go with Jaron Hall or Malik Willis? Willis. There's more yeah. upside with Willis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, what what's DTR doing in Seattle? Dorian Thompson oh, yeah. Robinson. Vikings you know looked at him. You, you know that guy that we that we always talk about that is in trade rumors every week. Trey Lance. <laughs> he looked pretty good this weekend. Yeah, look, he looked pretty good. Um, Can so I come like, out of the closet now, Kyle? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not if you ask. Like, oh man, Kyle Shanahan. He like I. It's it seems like he had no like either. He had very little input on drafting him, or he wanted um, who's the other guy that he went? Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Yeah, he really wanted Mac Jones, um, and Mac Jones is starting now. And he's like, "Could have had him stuck with Trey Lance." Because every time he talks about Trey Lance, he's like, "Yeah, he did. He did better, but still has a lot to work." And he talked about I told Brock you Pur- about Kirk. <laughs> he talked about Brock like, Purdy, and he was Kirk-y. like, "I don't think he missed the throw." I'm like, "What? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on?" Trey Lance is probably like, get me the hell out of here. Like, <laughs> like I, you need, I need to go. Kevin O'Connell, like, not that Shanahan is like this big, mean coach or whatever, but like, just his attitude, like, I feel like it's night and day compared to Kevin O'Connell. Like, Kevin O'Connell would be like, what's up, Trey? Like, how you doing? Shanahan's, <laughs> Shanahan's like, the fuck out of my face. Here, Here's some rice and some maggots. Like, why don't you eat that? Might be the fact that, you know, O'Connell's from San, San Diego and the relax like if you get in kyle shanahan's doghouse you're not getting it. like no. ever, i mean oh it might take you an off season like brandon Ayuk that one year they had like, garoppolo practicing on a separate field last year because <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with him we don't want you and then trey lance breaks his leg and it's like i don't want to play with you anymore like like andy from yeah. toy story um <laughs> let's here's a here's another one then uh Najee thompson's special team savant yeah. uh 
He went viral against the Seahawks, made an excellent tackle against the Titans on the first punt of the Gave game. A concussion. Yeah, he went too hard. Um, so he's in concussion protocol, but I think he makes the team. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. too. Um, I think I saw someone tweeted, he's Dan Chisena, but he can tackle. Um, the ultimate uh, weapon, Dan Chisena. Oh, and I did find that tweet that you were talking about, about Lewis Cena's from uh, One Bar, Matt Falk, who is actually uh, oh, okay. Nick, Nick Edlin's podcast. Well, I guess, is it a podcast? His YouTube show partner, One right. Bar in Lepagus. Um, And he said, yeah, he said, uh, if I didn't know, I wouldn't be able to tell if Cena was a first round pick or a UDFA. So that's from, that's that's where you saw it. Um, but yeah, I think Najee Thompson makes it. I, I didn't know that he was actually like pretty much an exclusive special teamer in college too. I figured like he was like, he got more play as a defensive back uh, as a senior, but most of the time during his college career at Georgia Southern, I believe he was, he was like the special teams guy there too. Um, So that's, that's a sneaky good pickup by the Vikings because those guys are more valuable than you think. And I think he makes it look a lot easier than it actually is. Cause I think there's a bunch of guys actually after he went out that, that got to the, the punt returner, like maybe just as fast as him, but then totally whiffed or overran the the punt returner. Or him, he just is able to figure it out and slow his body down and get the tackle. So yeah, I think he makes it for sure. Uh Greg Joseph made all of his kicks. Yeah. Well, they don't matter. Just, <laughs> we'll just <laughs> yeah. Uh three shanks in the first uh week. We'll we'll revisit this discussion. Uh, hey, the Packers any- the Packers are having some kicking problems. Yeah. With, uh, the other Carlson uh, over there. So uh, maybe they need to call his high school coach or something. <laughs> call Zimmer. Get, bring Zimmer in there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Special teams consultant Mike Zimmer is just yeah. like, you got any advice? Pulls out a shotgun. Well, <laughs> when did they got rid of the kicker too last the other kicker last week, right? Right before um, you recorded. Yeah, Jack, P- Jack Podlesny. Yes. Yeah, from Georgia. Yes. Yeah, because it was weird because Matt Daniels was. The special teams coach was like, yeah, he's going to kick this weekend. We'll give him a shot. And then they're like, oh, yeah, uh, you're cut. Um, this is like the punt off from last yeah. year. They're going to do that. Right. Then... Oh, man. He's having a great, great summer. That was that was an elite pickup by the Vikings yeah. last year. I mean, he's he he might be one of the best punters in the league. Not that I could name sure. like NFL punters <laughs> right now, but there's no, um, there's, no, there's no Tom Tupas out there anymore. Yeah. You got anything else from this game or? Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, well, I think you mentioned a bunch of guys returned from from injury today. I think Jordan Addison was back on the field today. Mm-hmm. Asamoa is it Asamoa, or did they figure out yet if it's Asamoa? I think it's they said it's Asamoa until further notice. So until okay. I hear something different, I'm going to go okay. with it. Who else returned? Um, somebody else did. Oh, Hawkinson was out there, but then does he have the longest ear infection? Like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really, really do. It only hurts when he hears time for but team I ha- drills. Ah, I ha- ah! <laughs> I can only hear contract negotiations now. Ah, but I have like firsthand experience with ear infections, like right outside my door, and they don't last this long. Like, no, you're gonna especially have to, when gonna he's have- going out and playing golf, apparently. Like yeah. that's a he's thing. gonna have to go. Like, like I would, I want, I expected him to be back this week. It's been what? It's been over two weeks now. Right. The antibiotics should have kicked in, but it's just. Oh. <laughs> it's very, it's I don't know. Weird. It's just like get a deal done. Like if that's yeah. what this is, like just just do it. Like I don't know. It's like numbers and flight timelines and financial flexibility. Like as long as he's not asking for like a Justin Jefferson contract, I don't know what the hell's going on here. And it, 
I mean, if you sit here next year and you go, well, you know, uh, we gave him a second round pick and now he's somewhere else. What the hell are you doing again? Did I send so, you those those coaching rankings? I think yeah, yeah. You want to discuss yeah. those quick? Where was uh? Yeah, I think I want to say the Vikings were twenty first, I believe. Let's I think it was the Action Network. Um, the guy who made him was actually a Vikings fan. Um, but he they ranked the Falcons coaching staff ahead of the Vikings. They ranked definitely the Lions. Yep. Everyone so Lions. so num- the the Vikings were twenty first. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals had the worst staff in the league. Pew, pew, pew. Um, <laughs> the Chiefs had the number one staff in the league. Uh, yeah. Teams with a better, notable teams anyway. Uh, the Patriots were two. Rams were three. Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens were four, which I don't know. I think John Harbaugh is overrated to me because every like, oh, he's so bold. He goes for it on fourth down. No, it's because Lamar Jackson's going to kill him in the parking lot if he doesn't. All right. Time to get the punt. You're not taking and it. I up. mean, if okay, Lamar Jackson, you okay. would go for it. On, if you had Lamar Jackson, you would go for it on fourth down, too. Um, yeah. The Eagles aren't, aren't in the top four. The Eagles are. Where are the Eagles? Uh, they're seventh. What? So I go. It go. So okay. I might as well just read them. Chiefs yeah. are one. Patriots yeah. are two. Rams are three. Ravens are four. Forty ers are five. Miami Dolphins are six. That's like the entire. What? That's like the entire big <laughs> pod- coaching tree right the, there. That's the podcast that just came out. Is all top top six. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are seventh. The Giants are eighth. The, the Giants. Bills. The well, I mean. Brian Dable. I mean, what he did with Daniel Jones when he played at Donatel. (laughs) Um, Buffalo Bills are nine. Chargers, 10. Panthers, 11. Yeah, this this is a fun list. Panthers, 11. Steelers, 12, which I think that's low because Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks, 13. Dallas Cowboys, 14. Jacksonville Jaguars, 15. Denver Broncos, 16. Bengals, 17. Well, Sean Payton now, so maybe that's a little bit better. Bengals, Falcons, Lions, Colts, Vikings. And then it goes Texans, Titans, Browns, Commanders, Jets, Packers are 27th. So the Colts, <laughs> who have a first-year head coach, yeah, have a better coaching staff than the guy who just won 13 games in his first yeah. year, who just hired Brian a, Flores as a defense. People love those Frank Reich disciples, man. I don't know if he actually And, was the, a Frank and then Reich, the, what, the but- ch- the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> Top were they ten, you said? They were tenth. Yeah. Who Chargers. That, yeah. yeah, that that list is I don't I know it's based on I think it's based on like entire coaching staffs. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers what they just hired Kellen Moore. So maybe yeah. that's why. But that shouldn't be enough. Like the head coach has a lot more impact on the team, I feel like, than the offensive coordinator. Um and the Cowboys, their coaching staff was well, Dan Quinn, I guess. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not the Panthers though. Like Patrick Frank Reich just got fired, him, but yeah, Frank Reich just got fired. Well, and I don't think he was that great of a coach in Indianapolis. It was no. just kind of like I'm going to bring in Philip Rivers, and he I'm going to bring in Carson Wentz, and he's going to yeah, save was, the day. Was he given Was he given the best of of circumstances? Because I feel like his owner was pulling the strings. He pushed. For, he pushed for Wentz, didn't he? Okay, all right, yeah. Then, then, yeah, like then. I think so. I could be wrong there. But and then I mean, you have, you have, who else? There's some team ahead of the Bengals. Like you have all these teams ahead uh, of the Bengals. Broncos, Jaguars, Cowboys, Seahawks, Steelers, Panthers. Those are half of those teams ones. are, don't, aren't, aren't better, better than the Bengals. 
Like, do they do they think the Bengals' success is mostly because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase? I mean, I, I could, you be. could say that, but they yeah. have a really good defense too. Um, yeah, this is just a silly, silly, silly list. Um, I don't even know who wrote it, but I don't, I don't want to put them out there to give them ridicule. We'll just read, we just, we just read it, and then you can go find it if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, just more bulletin board material, just like you know, Ryan Clark's got his picture on uh, Justin Jefferson's fridge now on the dartboard justin jefferson just drinking a glass of milk staring into ryan clark's soul he's on the front of his fridge just like damn you george pickens more talented huh i yeah i'm good so (laughs) i thought of i mean i did i did think clark had a point when he goes they didn't develop him at georgia they had five stars everywhere and then i thought of louis scene and i was like "Hmm, yeah yeah, sounds about right they also ran college they defense ran, of all time. They ran the ball, so it's not really like a passing school. Like if he went to LSU, maybe then he'd be thought of differently. But Georgia's not passing school. I feel like they're known for their running backs. Has there been like a Georgia superstar that's come out of that defense yet? Oh, oh, the defense, um, or even like offense. Like maybe I mean Andrew Thomas is a great offensive tackle, but I mean wide receiver out of that out of that regime, like the current yeah. coach, like DeAndre Swift is good, just not. Not great. Yeah. Kirby I'm, Smart was there when Todd Gurley was there, though, too. So I should probably shut up. Okay. Here, oh, he I was? Think. He's been there that long? Uh, let's see. Kirby Smart I know, was hired. I know he was there after Matthew Stafford, obviously. Kirby Smart hired at the program in 2015. So, yeah, that was way before. Or, I mean, that was after Gurley graduated. So I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. Everybody still watching the podcast is like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, on that note... Uh, what do we got going on at the Viking Age right now, Adam? Um, well, let's see. It's the the final the final week before the final preseason game on Saturday against the uh, Cardinals in their awesome new uniforms. Uh, I think that kicks off at one no twelve new. I'm sorry, noon Central. Um, in US Bank Stadium on Saturday. So we're going to see uh what's what's wow wow Jaron. We'll get to see a lot of Jaron Hall. Maybe some of the new quarterback they just signed. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing like. Probably some 53-man, final 53-man predictions. Uh, and then cut day is, what, the 29th? I, th- I want to say that's next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like teams are going to kind of slowly get rid of guys over those couple days after the game. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. And then we're going to get ready for the season. Well, I mean, we'll probably have some predictions for, for the season. And then uh, before we know it, Vikings will be kicking off in their classic jerseys against the Bucks on September 10th. Uh, my friend actually bought... Speaking of these, uh, my friend actually bought the authentic classic jersey and uh, $350 and the sleeves are painted on. Interesting move. They come with the patch at least? The they patch. don't. <laughs> pay that much? Because my friend, looked, my friend looked for the patch too and they're not selling them. So you can make, you can probably make one. Probably make a bud patch. But if you're just paying put, that much, you think you could get a patch. Just put Bud's face on the uh, yeah. front of the jersey. That'll... Yeah. That'll work. Um, that's all the time we have for the Viking Age podcast today, though. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you ever miss us, we're in podcast form the very next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you consume us, rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. For Adam Patrick, I am Chris Shad, and we'll see you next time on the Viking Age podcast.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.